Future Jeremy here. Thank you for tuning in to Security Horizons. We are aware of the sounds of the boom mic coming in throughout the episode. This will be sorted by the next one, so if that is distracting enough for you, very sorry about that. It will be sorted out by next week, so I hope that doesn't affect you too much. Anyway, enjoy the show, and I look forward to speaking to you next time. Thank you. everyone my name's jeremy walker and welcome to security horizons podcast welcome to the first ever one very much looking forward to starting this off so normally we will be covering several topics within the one session the one episode however today we are only focusing on one because it is a big topic and something i believe needs a bit more attention because I've been following this and I've got some background information which I think will help a lot of people. So, after that, today we are looking at the US cyber attacks from the past couple of weeks. It has affected many different organisations and so we can have a look at the backtrack since 2016 because it has been presumed that it's Russian-influenced groups that are attacking the US. So you can go back to 2016 with the election interference that was widely publicised and this seems to be the sort of next development from that if it is Russia but it's looking likely everyone's reporting that it's likely to be Russia Uh, so that's what we're going for right now so what's happened there's been a global intrusion campaign across the world it's not just America Uh, there's been other countries organisations that have been affected by this but today and most of the media has been focusing on the Americans being attacked. So FireEye, the main cyber security company within cyberspace and one of the best sources for any of this stuff, is currently categorizing this group as UNC2452. While others have been linking the group to a known Russian group called APT29 or Cozy Bear, but for editorial purposes, we're going to stick with FireEye's reporting because, in my experience, they're the most reliable. Until they make a decision, we won't know who's officially doing it. So, but what are UNC or APC? What are these words? Well, UNC are uncategorized groups. So UNC literally uncategorized. And APT is Advanced Persistent Threat. And they're the same thing, just if it's a new one, like we are thinking that this attack is coming from, it'll be uncategorized and then either designate as a new APT group or it will become be attributed to an already known APT threat. So for some examples, uh, oh, different groups have different names. So if you're looking at different media sites, media sources, they will be calling them potentially different names depending on what cybersecurity firm they are getting their information from. Uh, so you could have Double Dragon as an example of a FireEye group, or they could be called just another fantastical being, sort of Red Dragon or something, but they could be talking about the same group. So just keep an eye out for that. But some examples of an APT group is APT41, Espionage and Cyber Penetration Group from China, and the North Korean APT38 group. 
who attacked the SWIFT banking system, which is the communication system between banks to do the large transfers. And then from North Korea, between 2015 and 16, they managed to capture $100 million while uh, they were stopped from gaining an extra $870 million, which is just under a billion dollars for a North Korean cyber group. So that's what an APT group is. That's what we're going to be referring to them, uncategorized groups as well. Victims in the latest attack have been consulting technology and telecom companies in North America, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. And FireEye reporting that they suspect other countries and companies have been affected, but no confirmation. As of the 18th of December, which is today, on the recording, any group that FireEye have found evidence of, they have contacted. So the campaign overall has been attacking both private and government organisations. They have weaponized a company called SolarWinds, uh, their Orion IT monitoring and management software. They trojanized updates to this software between March and June of 2020. And between that period, 18,000 updates were downloaded on these uh, different organization software. So a bit of background on SolarWinds. It's used to make IT simpler, is what they say on their website, with a single panel for administrating various parts of a network. They've got numerous, like a lot of government contracts in America. And one of the entertaining things I found was in January 7th of next month, so 2021, they're holding an online government webinar of the Microsoft Azure cloud system and deploying SolarWinds saying it just got easier. I don't think that's going to be happening quite, quite as quickly as they think they will. So I thought that was quite entertaining. So the update downloads allowed snoopers and all the bad actors to gain foothold in customer networks. And the very least they were able to do was access their emails. And it's almost certain that they had widespread access, more than just emails. The government's customers include the Pentagon, with the Army and Navy being the biggest users within that department. The Department of Veteran Affairs, which is one of the main responders in the US against COVID-19 outbreak, it's one of the biggest spenders. It just renewed its license for $2.8 million in August of this year. So that's not a small amount. Might almost certainly going to be under review after this. Uh, the National Institute of Health, Department of Energy, DHS, the FBI, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, uh, part of the Department of Homeland Security. They bought $45,000 worth of licenses in 2019. And the US Cyber Commands spent $12,000 in 2019 also. So it's one of the biggest takeaways is that it's not just for government, it's attacked their own cyber infrastructure as well, which is why this is one of the biggest events to happen in a long time. It has been presumed that the attackers, while initially accessing through the updates, um, that isn't what they're using now. New tactics, techniques and procedures have not been discovered quite yet. However, I'm sure it's likely even in the next few months we'll see updates sprouting up saying this is how they're still attacking. If you are watching this on YouTube or got the audio formats, I will link the show notes below in the description. 
in those show notes, I've also included images of digital signatures of SolarWinds, of the updates uh, that are the malicious code and some other information from FireEye. So be sure to check that out afterwards. Uh, should give you some more information and some infographics on what's going on. The first amounts of evidence of this attack came from FireEye itself on December 8th, I believe, is when they first publicised that they themselves had been the target of malicious groups. They got hacked themselves. The CEO of FireEye, Kevin Mandy, himself said, we are witnessing an attack by a nation with top-tier offensive capabilities. That's straight from the CEO of FireEye again. So obviously showing that this isn't just a guy in his basement attacking. This has had a lot of backing, financial, I'm sure, as well as infrastructure from a, a top-tier nation, which is why Russia is believed to be the perpetrator behind, or at least the benefactor of these groups. One of the key aspects of the FireEye hack was that their red team, their assessment tools were compromised. So these tools mimic behavior of cyber threats to allow FireEye themselves to provide diagnostic services to customers. So they're very powerful tools indeed. So they haven't seen any evidence that attackers have used these tools since or that they've popped up anywhere. But I would definitely keep an eye out on any reports that they've been using because it's likely in the next six to nine months or even a year that they'll come up because they're a bit hot right now. So I wouldn't expect them to be used straight away, that's for sure. But if they do use any technology stolen from the red team at FireEye, it wouldn't come as a surprise whatsoever. So after this attack, FireEye themselves found out that it wasn't just them, that it came from the SolarWinds organization, that it was one of the software providers. It was backdoor vulnerability. And that's when they notified government agencies after this was revealed. And since then, everything I've just gone through has come to light. Almost certainly more will come out after Christmas, if not before, certainly coming into the new year. It is not a isolated incident. However, this is not the first big attack happening in 2020. It's been a year of increasing vulnerabilities. Obviously, everyone moving to working from home, using unprotected systems because of homework, not using VPNs, etc., Obviously, there's a bit more of a threat about cyber attacks and people from the inside being targeted and then everything going wrong. So one of the biggest attacks actually happened in September of this year, so not that long ago, only three months or so ago, going into October, November. Uh, This was the Ryuk ransomware attacks, obviously been around before 2020, but they have increased exponentially this year, including ransomware in general. So ransomware attacks, which Ryuk is a Trojan of, it's ransomware Trojan, so it's just a type of it. But there has been a massive increase in them. So the Ryuk ransomware attacks on the Universal Health Service, or the UHS, which is a private medical service in the United States, on the 28th of September 2020, UHS shut down their computer systems across the United States while they are estimated to care for three and a half million patients a year 
at over 400 locations in both the United States and the United Kingdom. This was not some small-scale attack. This was, however, perpetrated by the UNC-1878 group, not the same group that have been doing the sunburst attacks, which are the solar winds attacks. So not the same group, but they were suspected to be from Russia as well. So there is similarities there. There's definitely been an increase in the ferocity of Russian attacks recently. Massive att- massive increases in ransomware and riot attacks, biggest one recently being against the UHS. Yeah, so presumed Russian involvement had a steady track record in 2020. So there's been obviously some reaction to what has gone on recently. President-elect Biden has pledged to elevate cybersecurity as an imperative across the government. That's a direct quote. Current President Trump has not commented on cyber attacks. However, recently, within the past couple of days, it's come to the attention of the world that the Energy Department and National Nuclear Security Administration who maintain the US nuclear stockpiles, has been targeted by the hackers as well as the rest of the groups already mentioned, which is certain cause for concern, definitely. Makes CISA's job very difficult because their management and Cyber Command's leadership in general, so CISA, uh, United States Cyber Command, their command structure, people have either been fired or resigned Due to President Trump in recent recent days and weeks since the election, they've all gone through various political reasonings, which obviously leaves the United States cyber apparatus at a severe disadvantage when it comes to these kinds of attacks. And it definitely shows a kind of lack of foresight on the Trump administration, I would say. It does not look good. With a lack of command, there's going to be delayed reaction at least because although there'll be people filling the roles that know what's going on, there's not that sort of sense of cohesion at the top level. And even with Biden coming in, new leadership, filling in cyber command, already demonstrated a willingness to increase cyber defences and take it seriously. The United States will be playing catch up until they get back on track, really. So it's not the best situation. So that's what's gone on so far. Until we know more, because obviously more information will come out soon, more details, more companies, agencies being affected, more information from FireEye about how they're attacking, how they're consistently attacking, if they've stopped it, will come out soon. But until then, it's really hard to make a judgment on what's going to happen, because obviously we still don't know the full background or information. So... Don't want to presume too much or make a projection because that would just be a bit silly. So that's all the information for now. Let's go to the Twitch chat, see if there's been any questions whatsoever. Do you think they will regain those people when the new administration takes over from SpyFox in chat? I believe that whether it will be the same people in the positions, I don't know. They may take them on as advisors. They may come back on. But generally, when you leave those positions, you don't really come back within the month because of a new leadership regime change. So I don't think it will be the same people. I think they'll either keep who's being promoted now or 
implement their own stuff, which is often what happens. Not often in terms of the military and cyber, they're generally a bit more politically neutral. But I'm a bit... I wouldn't say the same people, no. Uh, Unlikely on that one, I would say. From Jenny. With the hack into the hospitals, what are the concerns about the patient's data? I mean, it's not great. Don't have the information to hand on patient's data. But whenever you get ransomware attack, you've been locked out of your system. You can't get access to it. They will have let people know about it by now. But it's just one of those things where you hear data, data breach, patient data is going to be accessed. From Dark Overlord, do you think preventative cybersecurity or detection cybersecurity is going to be the forefront of modern cyber? Sorry for spelling. Uh, I will take your apology right now. Thank you very much. I believe with... So recently the... United Kingdom have done their own offensive cyber. I'm researching it right now. So it's called the United Kingdom National Cyber Force, which is a specific offensive arm of the of the UK cyber. So I think there's been recently a drive to for more offensive capabilities. Defensively, it's already been set up. The reason why offense has taken a while to catch up, although obviously been being used as the ethical implications behind it that's been the trouble with it so i would say you'll likely see an increase in offensive capabilities soon defensively wise you won't hear about it much but if anything's happened you'll hear less and less of these type of attacks they'll definitely take stock of what they've got what happens react to it like any anyone would but i think it'll be offensive that you'll be seeing rather than defensive from Spy Fox again. Without those people coming back, he's referring to the staff who left the Cyber Command. How do you think the Biden administration will be able to regain the institutional knowledge? Where will they get this from in a reasonable time frame, such that they can respond to the increasing cyber threats? Or will they simply not be able to? So, obviously, losing command experience like that is detriment no one wants to do it as a country i'm sure donald trump loved it because they were saying the election was free and fair which it was however i do believe that while i say the u.s reaction will be hindered by this lack of command structure i don't think they'll lose institutional knowledge per se i think ability to react so yeah they'll have the knowledge they'll learn from this Obviously, experience you can't really replace, but I don't think it will impact them as much. Just very unfortunate timing with this attack. It's a short-term problem. Long-term, I believe they'll be fine. It'll be. It's likely they'll be fine. I'll rephrase that. Any more questions at all? Any more? Another one from Jenny. From a total novice to security conversations, how does the government see these attacks in the framework of warfare on a country? So, obviously, while people have been accusing Cozy Bear, the Russian uh, group, of attacking, it's still unconfirmed that it's Russia. That's why I said it's likely that it's Russia. It's not confirmed yet. However, given a 
offensive attack on a sovereign country technically it is offensive maneuver however countries don't really react to it like they would if a tank rolled onto their soil it's not the same generally so you're seeing in iran and israel for example you're seeing tit for tack attacks so israel attacked the port one of the major ports in iran in the i believe it was april may time of this year they attacked one of the major ports there and then Iran retaliated by attacking the power power supply of Israel. That's more what you see. You don't really see like, oh my, I'm going to send in my troops now, you've attacked my, secur- my cyber security. It's more, you hit this bit, I'm going to hit this part of your country kind of situation. However, going back to that Iran and Israel uh, analogy, there is sort of a unspoken rule that you d- you don't attack civilian installations. So the port Israel attacks was used by the Iranian military. The power system, obviously, attacking the electrical hydroelectrical supplies that's affecting the citizens. That's generally frowned upon. People obviously still do it, but that's what you don't really see. So you see military on military attacks, or for information or nuisance attacks uh, but you won't see any physical reactions likely you will likely not see any physical reactions from dark again how can countries budget for modern cyber when most departments can't even leave windows vista so that's i will try and find the article and put it in the show notes i can't guarantee i will but that's more it's really hard to explain it's just corporate uh, expenditure and then windows are obviously pushing them to update but it costs money uh, so countries like the united states and the united kingdom obviously russia china north korea iran countries that are smaller like iran and north korea obviously can't take on the united states militarily in traditional combat that's where they find asymmetric capabilities where they can level the playing field make it so that they can hinder the opposing force to such a level that their reduced military can then attack them or at least defend their own country so you'll start seeing and there's already reports from the uk of the mod looking into it and what people have been saying will happen for a while this is also what i wrote my dissertation on you will start seeing the erosion of traditional heavy armour, such as tanks. You'll start to see less of those in smaller countries who want to project power, like Iran. However, in countries like Poland, you will likely see them still build up a tank force for heavy armour and their traditional capabilities because they got a border with Russia and obviously they are fretful of any land invasion there. So they need to keep their borders secure. United Kingdom, we're on an island. We're less concerned about that. There is less public will, I want to say, of going into another country with our forces and just causing another Iraq. However, that money can then put into a cyber where we can defend our property. Obviously, more and more of daily life, if not everything is on uh, the internet, like here we are streaming or listening to this podcast, that's where the money is going. So it's less finding the money, and it's more finding what you want to make your defensive philosophy on, your military philosophy. 
from dark again. Met more balancing budgeting standard military and cyber. Most military departments have questionable cyber and technology. Uh, yeah, as I said, you'll look at the smaller countries and they'll go to the asymmetric routes, very likely go asymmetric, unless we've got a border with a potentially hostile nation. So, yeah, it's just a balancing balancing act. Any more, or shall we call it there? One more from Jenny. Does the government of the UK understand the depth of defence needs in the future? That's a loaded question. I can't say for certain whether they are understanding the depth of defence needed. I would say the UK recently announced a budget increase for the defence, for the MOD, for general military, and the national, uh, the, the cyber force. So you're seeing an increase in it. I would say that institutions like MI5, MI6 are already doing it. We just don't hear about it. So yeah, I do think I think the MOD knows it's whether they get the funding or the political clearance to suddenly go. Yeah, we're changing our whole philosophy based on this presumed threat. So that's what you got to look out for. All right, so thank you very much for listening to the Security Horizons podcast. I've been Jeremy Walker. We will try and get this podcast out on Wednesday next week, hopefully. However, given it's Christmas, we'll see if that's possible or not. So if it's not possible, I will let you know on my Twitter. After Christmas and New Year, we'll get a regular schedule. So we want to be doing this every Friday at 7pm GMT. So hopefully you'll make your time for that on Twitch. However, if you can't be here for the live stream, uh, it will be uploaded the following day on YouTube. There'll be clips of it. There will be an audio version as well going up at the same time as the replay of this stream. And I hope you guys have enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. All the details will be in the description. All the show notes will be there. All the social links will be there. Anything you need, just look down below. Thank you so much again and I look forward to speaking to you hopefully next week.